Welcome to today's podcast from the Scottish Farm Advisory Service. My name is Kirsten Williams and today we're going to talk to Ian Davidson. Ian's an independent advisor for the Scottish Land Matching Service. Ian is a very well-known voice and face in the industry after working as the Head of Agricultural Policy for the Scottish Government before retiring back in April last year. Back in October last year, the Scottish Land Matching Service was created with industry support to aid in creating opportunities, both for people seeking as well as those offering joint venture opportunities. So Ian is going to give us a bit more of an understanding about what the Scottish Land Matching Service does and what his role is in it. So good morning, Ian. And can you tell us a bit about how the Scottish Land Matching Service works? Thanks, Kirsten. Um, the, the Land Matching Service acts as a, as a free service trying to connect those, as you've said, in agriculture who are seeking opportunities and those offering opportunities. It was long felt that there was a, a difficulty for people getting into the industry, particularly in terms of access to land and access to capital. And therefore, it was really important that we tried to find a different way of getting people matched up together and trying to promote joint ventures, whether that be contract farming, share farming, partnerships, or whatever sort of agreement people could come to. Um, at the moment, uh, it, we have a website, www.slms.scot, and people can register on there their interest whether that is uh, someone looking for an opportunity or someone offering an opportunity. Uh, I will then make contact once that red, uh, interest has been registered uh, and we'll have a quick discussion about what their objectives and what they're looking for. Um, equally, once that discussion has taken place, we have two uh, sections on the website uh, which are basically post-its where we put brief details of what the, the about the person or about the opportunity, and uh, it's all kept very confidential. Uh, we do not put anybody's contact details on that site, but then if someone sees that and they're interested, they can contact me and we can then move things forward. So you get somebody who has an opportunity available, you understand what their needs are, what type of person they're looking for, You've got a pool of people looking for opportunities. And how, how do you go about matching the two together? It's really a matter of, of, of judgment. One, one of the, the things that, that really has struck me in, in this is uh, some in some ways people's lack of mobility. You know, uh, people will uh, can be quite specific about where they would like the opportunity to be. Um, but you know, if if I think that the that the people maybe a, a match, then I'll try and put them in touch with each other. It's been a bit more difficult, of course, with this lockdown. But uh, I've been making uh, getting people to contact each other by telephone and uh, you know try and move things forward because this, at the end of the day, is about building relationships. And uh, I think the sooner people can get into that, the better. I've had I've had a couple recently where I have uh, got people in contact with each other, but they haven't gone any further. They're just not suitable, and that's just that's just the nature of what what this is. 
And understanding that at the start is absolutely essential as well, because the relationship is the thing that makes these things work, isn't it? Absolutely. And I, I keep saying to people that, you know, I can't magic up the farm next door. <laughs> it's not, it's just simply not, not possible. And uh, building that relationship is absolutely it, it take that takes time and uh, you know this is not a this is not something that's that's an instant you know the, the landmaster service was was very much based around what we had seen when i was still in scottish government in southern ireland where they have a, a land uh, matching service very similar but that's been running since 2014 you know and it's only really this last sort of two or three years that they're beginning to get a volume of numbers of people uh, coming forward. And am I right in thinking there's a, there's a kind of land matching service in Wales as well as Ireland? There, there's one in Southern Ireland, there's, there is one in Northern Ireland, and there is a, a similar uh, thing in Wales as well, where, where they, they try and put people uh, together, yeah. Yeah, and the the service you're offering, like you're you're the kind of go between. You're the the independent person between the two parties. Yeah. Do people have to pay, or is this a free service? This is a free service at the, at the point of use. Uh, I'm I'm funded by by Scottish government and, and hosted by NFUS and and supported by a number of other organisations, including the SEC uh, and the land the Scottish Land Commission, Crofting Commission, you know, we, we, most of the industry are behind this. And at what stage do people actually need to, to start paying for the advice? So you're you're matching them together, you're getting the relationship, you're discussing which which um, route would be best for them, be it a, a joint venture, be it a tenancy. But at some point they must, you know, the legal vice advice is required. Is that then charged or is that included in the service? Well, I'm not a lawyer, so I would always advise people that, that when we get to that stage that they seek they seek legal advice, even if it's just to, to, to confirm that what they're entering into is uh, doesn't fall foul of any legal uh, parts. Yeah. And how, how many people are currently involved? At the moment, uh, I've registered uh, about 110 notes of interest, you know, of various uh, various sorts. Uh, that's just really since uh, October. It's been really encouraging since we launched the website in, in April. Uh, there's still been a, 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 despite the lockdown, there's still been a good trickle of people coming forward, you know, interested in, in uh, opportunities. I would have to say that, that there are far more people coming forward looking for opportunities than there are offering opportunities uh, at the moment. Now, that may just be a, a factor of, you know, we've been through a period of great uncertainty with all the Brexit side. Now, now we've got COVID, you know, people are a bit sort of reluctant to, to change. But I would just encourage people, anybody who's maybe... You know, in a situation where they're, they're getting older a bit, they're maybe finding the farming a bit more difficult. They'll not get any successors either coming on or, or interested in farming. Just to give me a call and we'll have a chat about it and sort of see what the opportunities are. Because there's a lot of good young people out there. You know, I'm, I'm really quite impressed by some of the, the people that are coming forward. 
And so if, thinking about the people, the, the say the landowners or the people who would have opportunities to offer, how, how do you sell it to them? Like, what are the benefits of bringing a, a younger or new generation person into your business? Well, certainly bringing, bringing different ideas, but equally, I, I think in these times where farming has become a very lonely job, you know, getting people, uh, someone just to share that burden, share that interest with you, try and develop the business forward, I think is the, is the thing I would I would sell to them. Um, I was always really impressed with the, the the example we saw in Southern Ireland, where we, we met a, an eighty year old uh, farmer who had been farming all his life. Uh, six years previously, had decided that he just physically couldn't do the dairying anymore. To cut a long story short, he went into a joint venture with someone who was looking to build. A business in in dairying was struggling with a, a very small farm. That opportunity has developed to the point where they are now milking about 180 cows. In between them, the the older gentleman really had an interest in the business again. He had a spark back in his eyes, and the really key thing for me was that he had four family, none of whom were interested in being farmers, but were all interested in retaining the farm and retaining that business working. And that that's a like a dairy scenario you're speaking about there. Joint ventures are open and available for other enterprises as well, aren't they? Pigs, chickens, beef, sheep, cereals. Like you can you can make joint ventures for for any farming enterprises. Absolutely, you know, there's no limit to what can be done. It's really about the you know people using their imagination, and and uh, I have. I have one on the on the website at the moment, which is uh, a, a, a relatively small scale, but it's it's someone uh, looking to offer a, a, a joint a joint venture opportunity in free range poultry meat production. You know, okay. so th- there's nothing off limits. And you've spoke there about the benefits to the to the landowner, the person with the opportunity. What about for a, a, a the, for the new person, for the young generation person that's just say got in their head that they want a tenancy and and nothing else? How would you sell a joint venture to them? Like what what is the benefits of a joint venture to them? The the, the benefit to them is that the. the you know they're getting access to land uh, and probably not having to raise capital, find borrowings as much as they as they would if they were going in uh, a straight tenancy. We're not dismissing tenancies out of this. I think they're still an important part of it, but going into a tenancy does does cost. And you know going into a joint venture, they they have a an opportunity, particularly to work alongside someone to who's probably you know been in business for a long time and can bring that business experience and, and learning to someone just setting out on that journey. And, and we've spoken earlier about like relationships and how important relationships are in these agreements. Like how, how long do you actually stay with, with these business partners as such throughout their journey? So you, you basically match make them, you get them together, you make sure that, that it, it works, you get a good agreement in place, do you then kind of keep keep in contact and meet up with them re- regularly to make sure it's still working? Or at what point do you kind of disappear away from them? 
it, it's still, I'm still in the in the sort of early days of, of that yet. But I, I would like to think that that you know, having helped establish that relationship, that not on a not on an every six months basis, but you know, at least at some points we keep in touch with them just to see how things are going, and also to be there if if things were to start maybe going wrong, that I would be there to you know, be a sounding board, be an independent voice to try and help them work through something. Because the other part of, of, of this is in terms of building a relationship, within that relationship, it's communication, a really important part of this. You know, some of the best ones that, that I've seen that are in existence, you know, they sh- within their, their business, they schedule regular meetings, you know, so that nothing, you know, that nothing's left unsaid and, and uh, nothing is, a resentment is not allowed to build up. And so there's relationships, communication. What what else is essential to, to making agreements work? Trust. Uh, and both parties wanting it to work. I, I, I often refer to the, the, the example that uh, of uh, Stephen Withers and, and uh, Neil down at Jedborough, who... I've I've spoken to them several times, and and the key thing for me in in that relationship, which really started off from from nothing, was that they both wanted it to work, and that is a real big key to to making this a success. And we've actually got a a case study on our Fast website at www.fast.scot showing um, a video of of that partnership and awesome. and how it's worked for them. Uh, so that's that would be well worth having a look at. The the pe- people are obviously contacting you or lo- or logging onto the website and putting their details when when they've kind of decided that right I'm going to I'm going to do this I want to offer an opportunity for somebody but when when should they be contacting you like should they be contacting you just when it first sparks in their head to bounce about ideas should they have it kind of firmed up what they want or when when is the best time for them to contact you I I would like them to contact me as just when they're thinking about it you know because that sometimes they they, they, they just need that reassurance you know change, change is not easy for people who've been you know maybe farming for a long time and, and uh, just maybe that reassurance that nobody's trying to take the farm away from them that this is about a joint venture it's about trying to help them uh, move forward so I think if anybody's just thinking about it I would really encourage them to just make contact for a chat you know I'm not I'm, I'm very open to having a discussion with anybody and and I have to vouch for you and say you're you're a very approachable person to um to to, to have a, a chat with. So um people people shouldn't be worried or scared just to to pick up the phone and and have a chat. The the, the one thing I would say just emphasising that is that it is confidential. You know, absolutely. There's no you know it's only me they're speaking to, and uh, I I keep notes on it on my database. But that it's that is absolutely confidential. I'm the only person who's got access to that. Okay, and and when when you put um, anything on to the the internet, like you were saying, you've got the the web pages, and you've you've got kind of details on there. How how much of of their personal details or any details actually go on to the to the website? Like how can you pinpoint who it might be? Can you can you guess if you're from the local area, or how much actually detail is there? 
we we try um, and, and make it as anonymous as as absolutely possible. Uh, the, there's no personal details per se. Um, I think the you know you know what local rumours uh, are like. And but, but for for instance, uh, the the one that I've, I've, I retweeted one uh, on on Monday up in in Caithness. Now Caithness is a very big county, you know. So it, it's 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 at that sort of level of, of anonymity that we keep it. And you're you're saying there that you tweeted. Do quite a lot of your opportunities go on to Twitter? Uh, we have well before we had the website up and running. Uh, Twitter was the sort of way I was I was getting them out there. But every now and again, you know, where where something's gone quiet and there's not been a lot of interest, just to regenerate interest, I'll put things out onto Twitter again. And it's amazing the number of retweets that happened. Uh, and and it's it's in fact from that one on Monday it's generated about another three interests so that's really encouraging. The, social media is a great way to kind of get a wider audience. So you've spoken about Twitter there. Do you use other forms of social media like Facebook, Instagram? Now you're talking to someone that's not the most literate in these sort of things, but uh, at the moment at the moment it's limited to the the website uh, and and Twitter. So. Um, okay. <laughs> and the website, are are you getting like? Do you see there's a lot of hits coming on? You know, there's a lot of people interested, looking, try, you know, thinking about it, but not not just quite taking the point or aren't quite ready yet. We, I'm, I'm actually just in the in the course of of getting the details from the web provider who who keep a, an eye on on that sort of thing for me, just sort of what level of hits. I'm led to believe that there has been a a good number of uh, hits on the website. People just just looking and and uh, you know what that turns into. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, it's it, the, what I also use the website for is is to put blogs out. You know, we have a a blog section where maybe once a month I'll I'll you know if there's a particular subject or particular area of the subject that I think needs highlighting. For example. In May, I put one out about, uh, you know, farm management is another way into this. You know, we shouldn't forget about farm management. I think a lot of people sort of think that that's, that's long gone and they all want to be um, in, into a, a joint venture. But some of these farm management jobs are, are a good way to A, learn business and B, get into, get into farming where you're trying to take some responsibility. And just to, to kind of finalise and, and sum it up, what would be your biggest bit of advice to somebody both offering an opportunity and for somebody who's seeking an opportunity? Uh, for someone offering an opportunity, I, I think, you know, as long as as long as they're fairly open-minded about it, you know, we're, we're not saying that this is, there is one particular model fits all. It's what suits the parties that, that, that become involved. And not to be frightened of it, you know. It's it's there to try and help, maybe make help them make decisions before things become more difficult. And for those seeking an opportunity, you know, there are some who you know have this idea that they would like to farm. But be a bit more firm about what it is you want, what what it is you're seeking. It might not be available right away, but at least you know, develop your thinking, develop your your you know, have a business plan of where you would like to be and, and, and move it forward from there. 
I think some uh, think that yeah, oh, that would be a great idea, that, you know, but don't actually develop the the, the th- thinking behind it. That is some absolutely fantastic advice for folk, and I would really urge anyone who's thinking about it to to just pick up the phone, give you a shout, or or go onto the website and, and make an inquiry. Um, it, it's never too early. Um, I think Ian has already said that it's, it's never too early just to to make contact and start the chat. I've said he is an extremely approachable chap, so um, I would really urge everybody to just pick up the phone and give him a shout. Thank you so much, Ian, for um, having a chat with us today, and I hope that makes it a bit clearer for everybody who is looking at the Scottish Land Matching Service and see what it can offer for them. So thank you. Thank you.